Well, it's good to see y'all here today. Uh, we still got a number of people out. We got people on vacation. We still got people out who are don't want to get back out in this stuff yet. They're still kind of leery. Some of them got many underlying problems. And uh, so I'm just trusting God that He is going to get all this mess straightened out and get us back to normal. Uh, kind of going along with... Uh, Many people, here the other day, I run into a, a, well, it's a guy I've known, known him for a number of years, and uh, I just, he said, can I ask you a question? He said, can I talk to you for just a second? I said, well, sure. And he says, I'm scared. I said, well, what are you scared of? He simply said, the way things are going in this world, I don't know what to expect. I said, what do you mean you don't know what to expect? I said, first of all, let me ask you one question before we go any further in this conversation. I said, you do know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, don't you? He says, well, yes, I do. I said, do you go to church? He said, well, Occasionally, he says, I don't go all the time. I said, but do you know the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart? He said, well, I feel like I do. And I said, I want to tell you something. I said, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, then you don't have any reason at all to be worried about what's going on right now. And this is, I'm going to get into it here in just a second. This is what kind of brought this up. Uh, but he was very worried, and he said, "But he said, sometimes I have this feeling that going through all is it worth it? Is it worth it?" I said, "If you know Jesus Christ, it is. If you don't know Jesus Christ, no, it's not. I'm just being honest." I said, "Because if you don't know Jesus Christ, you know what you got to look forward to." He kind of dropped his head. He says, eternity in hell? I said, that's exactly right. I said, but if you know the Jesus Christ, you know what you have forward to look forward to. He says, eternal life in heaven. I said, that's true. I said, now you have to make that choice. Nobody's going to be able to make it for you. You have to make it. You have to know in your heart know the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way. It's not knowing who He is or who you think He is. It's knowing exactly who He is. That He is the Son of God that came to this earth to die on a cross, to be resurrected so that one day we could have eternal life just like Jesus Christ. I said, if you don't believe that, the Bible says that we must believe in our heart. I said, do you believe in your heart or are you just something you've heard? He kind of stopped for a minute. He says, well, I feel like I know him in my heart, but then sometimes I'm not sure. I said, I want you to go home and I want you to open up your Bible. 
And I told him, I said, first, one of the best places for you to start reading and to really learn, I said, go to the book of John. To me, John is one of the most informative chapters on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in the, in, in the Gospels. I said, and what it tells us about Jesus Christ being the Son of God, God's love for us, why He sent Jesus. You know, He said, I didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. He said, I sent Him into the world to save the world. That's why He came, to save the world. We are the world. He came to save us from an eternal burning hell. Because that's what laid ahead of us. But by our faith and our belief in Jesus Christ, serving Him, believing He is who He says He is, we have eternal life. See, like I've told you all before, God did not make salvation difficult. He made it very so that we could all understand it. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say who you have to be. It doesn't say you have to be perfect. We're not perfect. We've all done things that we're ashamed of. We've all done things we wish we haven't done, but we did. But when we come and we confess that to the Lord Jesus Christ, your slate is wiped clean. It's like one of these dry eraser boards. You can write something up there, but all of a sudden you can take that eraser and mark it out. That's what God does with your sins. Marks them out. He erases them. He says, I see them no more. You are free of past sins, the sins that you have done, the things that you have committed, the things that you're ashamed of. That's why so many people are not in church today. They cannot get rid of their past. They're still holding on to the things that they used to do. They can't get rid of it. And God says, confess those sins to me. I will take them away. I will blot them out. I will, I will take them as far as the east is from the west. I will remove them from you. And I'll never, and I'll never see them again. Who sees them? We do. Why? Because you've got an enemy out there showing them to you. Reminding you, well, look what you've done in the past. Look at how you've acted. Look at all these things you've done. Look at all the sins you've committed. Did you think God can forgive you for that? Yes. He said He would. He said, I will, I will not remember them again. I'll mark them out. I don't see them. It's as though you never did them. When Satan comes against you, reminding you of where you've been, remind him of where he's going. Amen. You're free. You have been redeemed. You know, I love that song. I have been redeemed. You know what redeemed means? I have been saved. I've been forgiven. My sins are no more remembered against me. I am free in Jesus Christ. I don't know where I'm going with this, but this has nothing to do with what I'm going to say. <laughs> All of a sudden, just, but it just, it, I guess I got to thinking about this man that uh, I talked to. We prayed. 
And he said, I'm really going to sit down and consider what you've said. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to see what the Word says. You know, and true. And I, I told him, it is true. We are getting close. We are definitely in the end times. We're there. I, and I told him, I said, one thing I want you to read. I want you to read in the, in the book of Matthew. I want you to go there and I want you to read chapter 24. 24 is the chapter where Jesus was talking to his disciples and telling them about the things that is to come to show that the end times are near. And the disciples asked him, they said, Lord, what do we need to look for? What are the signs? We're in them. Jesus said there'd be wars, rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, which is disease. Look at what all we've been through and what, no telling what else is to come. We've had all these, these, these uh, viruses. We've, we've had everything in the world come against us, but nothing has affected us like this coronavirus. We've had all kinds of epidemics. We've had Ebola. We've had all kinds of just... The flu. Do you all know I was reading in a statistics that just the flu by itself has caused more lives than this coronavirus. Just the flu. But yet, schools wasn't closed down. Jobs wasn't, the business wasn't closed down or anything else. We are under an attack. And we better know it. I think, I think God has given this world one of the greatest awakenings that we've ever had. And we need to take it, we need to look at it. The stuff that's going on. I would hope that this year would probably bring on maybe one of the greatest revivals that this world has ever seen. That will draw more and more people back to the Lord Jesus Christ. To have them come before Him. I don't, care if he, I don't care if they get so scared and so frightened about what's going on that they will come and kneel before this altar and say, Lord, I don't understand everything, but I know one thing. I need You. I don't understand it all. We never will understand everything that God does. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We just have to trust and believe in what God is doing. This could very easily be an awakening for us to show us without me and being on your side, you have no hope. Many of us have got some things going on inside of us that, uh, like I said, this young man was scared to death. I bet you some of y'all are scared to death right now about what's going on. I know many of you have got underlying conditions that if I get this, will I survive it? If this comes up on me, can I get rid of it? Well, first of all, let's get a hedge of protection around us and keep it from getting on us. God says that He is our protector. 
that He walks with us, He watches over us, He takes care of us, but how many of us are asking Him to do this? God likes to be invited in. He wants us to invite Him in and not wait to that last minute whenever we feel like, well, I just don't have any other choice. I've got to ask Him in now. It's getting so bad. I guess I'm forced to come and ask God to come into my life. You know, I know God wishes many times that we would come to Him before the disaster happens. Have Him already in your life. Don't have to worry about the things that's going to come up on us. God gave us a word. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He is saying, you're mine and I'm yours. He said, when I came, he said, I bought you with a very high price. You know what? You know the price that Jesus Christ paid for us? His death on a cross. His shed blood. Because he said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. If Jesus' blood hadn't have been shed, there would have been no forgiveness of sin. We'd have still been right where we always been. But Jesus' blood is so powerful. I love that song. There is power in the blood. We better know this. There is power, power, power in the blood of Jesus. We need to get that power on the inside of us. When he shed that blood, it says that first of all, for the blood to do any good, what has to happen? What had to happen in Egypt? What did they have to do with the blood before it was effective? They had to apply it to the doorpost. They had to apply it. We have to apply the blood of Jesus to our life. To accept what He did. To have that blood on us. I tell you, you know, when God told them to, to apply the blood, He put it on your, your doormat and on your doorpost. He said, and when I pass over, I will see the blood and I will pass over you. Many people, you know, I'm, I'm not, I guess it's just being a little bit picky. But there is no death angel in the Bible. There's no death angel. Now where does it say death angel? You will read what it says. It be only the death angel passed over. You will read the scripture. It's God. He said, I will pass. I, I, me, will pass over you when I see the blood. That was God passing over us and looking. And when he saw that blood, he said, you're free. Nothing's going to happen to you. When he sees the blood on us, what is, how does he see the blood on us? By us accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he automatically sees the blood. We have the blood covering on us. But we go all the way back to the Old Testament. And that's where it all started. With the blood. With the sacrifices. And the sacrifice. Y'all remember what, what it said about the sacrifice, about the lamb? It had to be spotless, without blemish. It could have no defects. 
It had to be pure. Nothing wrong with it, not sickly or anything like that. You do not offer anything that is not pure and good to God. Because that's Him. Pure, holy, and good. And that's the only thing He will accept. When we come to God in prayer, you better come to Him with a contrite heart. A heart that's heavy. A heart that you know that you're coming to Him because you love Him, you believe in Him, you have faith in Him, and you want to come into His presence. Many times, one time, we want to come into God's presence if we want something. We pray, oh, I need this and I need that. Why don't we just come into God's presence with worship, with praise, with thanksgiving in our heart? To thank Him for what He has done. And to thank Him for what He is going to do. God's not through with us yet. He's still got plans for your life. He still has plans for your life. He told the disciples something. He said, I'm going to be leaving you. Well, the disciples had never heard anything like that. They didn't know what to think. God left us. But he told them something. And I think this is something that we need to get in our hearts. That many of us, like I said, this young man said, is this all that I have to look forward to is what I'm going through right now? Is it ever going to get any better? And the only way it's going to get any better is through Jesus Christ. Knowing Him, knowing you've got a future, knowing that you've got a hope. Knowing that you have a hope. Not in this world, but in the world after this one. It's heaven. The next world is going to be called the New Jerusalem. That is going to be our new home for the Christian and for the believer. But Jesus could see the worry in uh, the disciples' faces. But he said, I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to listen close. And we need to listen close too because this is what Jesus told the disciples. This is not the end. It is just the beginning. John 14, 1 through 3. And every one of you probably know this when I start out on it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do y'all realize what he's saying? Let not your heart be troubled. He's saying, I know that you believe in God. If you believe in God, then also believe in me. He said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. Some... some Scriptures say many rooms. This scripture is really about the rapture. But this right here, in my Father's house are many mansions or many rooms. This has to do with the Jewish wedding. And most of us don't stop and realize it because we don't know about the Jewish wedding. And this... Chapter, some of the things Jesus says also refers back to the Jewish wedding. Whenever it said right here, it said, In my father's house are many mansions or many rooms. 
when they built the father's house, they never finished it on the top. It was just there. He had children. He knew that one day they would, they would be married. They didn't go out and build a house. They came to the father's house. They left the rebarb and everything going up. The son, which we will say is Jesus Christ, would come and build another room on top of the father's house. It was coming back to the father's house. And it said, you know, when, when Jesus, when the disciples, <coughs> excuse me, when the disciples asked Jesus, well, when are you coming back? Jesus says, only the Father knows. This goes right back to the same thing. When the Son got through building the room, you know what happened? The Father went, walked through that room, looking at everything, inspecting everything. He says, the room is going to be fit for the bride. Who's the bride? Us. That room is going to be fit for the bride. And until the Father okayed that that room was ready for the bride, the groom could not go receive her, could not go get her. But when the Father said that he walked through that room and everything was fine, he turned around and he looked at his son and said, Son, go get your bride. That's what God's going to do when Jesus Christ... When it's time for that rapture, he's going to look over to his son. Son, go get your bride. Everything's ready. A whole lot of scripture like this here has to do with the Jewish customs. We have to remember, Jewish, Jesus was Jewish. And a lot of things relate back to the Jewish customs. A lot of it goes back to the Jewish wedding because that is so important. Because the church is going to be the bride of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is going to be the church's husband. It's going to be the master. Always back in the Old Testament or the, or the Bible, the Old Testament, the Gospels, whatever, the husband was always the master. Those are Jewish customs. He's coming back, but when he does, everything's going to be perfect. He's coming back for us. And here it said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, if this wasn't what it was, I would have told you. I would have told you. I'm not going to lie to you. If this wasn't the way it was going to be, I wouldn't have told you this and build up your hopes. But he said, I am going to prepare a place for you. The groom is going to the Father's house to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place, and when it's all ready and the Father says, Yes, I'm coming for you. He said, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may also be. The bride will be with the, with the groom.
we will be with Jesus Christ. He said, don't worry about things. He says, one day, no matter how bad it gets, if you follow me, believe in me, you will be with me. You're not going to be left here. It is just so scary out there right now. And did you notice what Jesus told them? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. He did not say, well, okay, what y'all need to do is really go sit down and think about everything you're going through and see if you can figure it out, what you need to do. That's not what he said. He said, don't be troubled. I will take care of those troubles. He says, when we got heavy burdens and toils and things upon us, he said, give the burdens to me and I'll carry them for you. He said, for us to give our troubles, our burdens, our cares, give them to him. And most of the time, we want to carry them around because we don't think nobody can handle them but us. And from what I've seen, I haven't done that great a job myself trying to take care of them. But the moment you give them to God, it seems like everything else changes. Things happen. You know, I admit, there's some reasons we have to be troubled in this life. But like I said, there's also greater reasons why we don't. And that greater reason is knowing that Jesus Christ is coming back for the church. He's coming back for us. We're not always going to be here. I know many times we think to ourselves, just like this young man, he says, is this all there is to this life? All the troubles, all the problems, all the hate, all the things that's going on, is this all there is? Kind of, it's kind of scary when you look this way. Is this all that there is? Is there anything else? You know, when Jesus said, you believe in God, also believe in me, you know what he was saying? Jesus saying, believe in God, believe also in me, for I also am God. You believe in God the Father, believe in me, for I am God the Son. I came back for you. I came back to set you free. Believe in me. Believe in me and trust, and trust me as you do my Father. Do you truly believe in Jesus Christ? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves that. Do I truly believe? Or is this just something that people are trying to say just to make me feel good? No. Jesus Christ is who He says He is. He is the Son of God who came to this earth to save us from our sins so that one day we can go to the Father's house and be with Him for all eternity. That's how much He loves us. That is how much He loves us. That's how much He cares for us. You know, and I know a lot of people seem to think and say, you know, I don't understand what God is doing. No, we don't always understand. We say, well, I don't know why God did this or I don't know why God didn't do this. The problem we have is we should just trust Him. Just trust Him. 
God sees the things that we don't see. God sees things so far ahead. He knows the future of each and every one of us. He knows what we're going to encounter. He knows what we're going to go through. And if we belong to Him, He's watching over you. He's taking care of you. You know, if you just really think about it, and, we'll probably, and we may never know it until we get to heaven, and then probably won't even think to ask, say, Lord, what were some of the things that you did in my life to take care of me that I didn't even know about? Maybe you got up one morning and you had a flat tire. Hey, what's the first thing? Oh, man, not this, not this morning. Well, you spend some time changing that tire. You go down the road a little ways, and there's been a bad wreck. Who's saying that wreck couldn't have been you? Who's saying God didn't make that tire go flat so you wouldn't be there? We don't know. But God does. God knows exactly what we're going to encounter and what we're going to do. Sometimes when we look back and we don't understand some of the things that God does, what we really need to do is just look back and I always try to think back on what we do understand. There are some things we understand. I just kind of used an example of myself. I understand and I know that God loves me and what He does, He does it for a reason. I'm not going to question God. I understand and know that He's looking out for me. and He's got my best interest in His heart. I'm His servant. And I know He's watching over me. I understand that no matter what happens, He's going to see me through it. He's going to be there. He's going to walk with me through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for He is with me. His rod and His staff, they comfort me as I go through here. As I go through problems in this life, as I go through many different things, God is walking with me, comforting me as I go through them. Have you ever been to that point where you just knew that you knew that there was another presence there besides just you? You could feel something. You really wasn't sure what it was, but you knew you wasn't by yourself. That is a great feeling. That is a great feeling to know that when you go through something, but yet you've got a peace about it, and that didn't come from you. That come through Jesus Christ who put that peace on you. My peace I give you not as what this world gives you, but only the peace that I can give you. When you've got that peace, you better know where that peace comes from because it certainly wasn't the devil. It was from God that put that peace in your heart that you knew that you knew beyond a doubt everything was going to be all right. It was okay. You wasn't going through it by yourself. God was going through it with you. You know... And no matter what happens, He will see me through it. He will walk with me through it. And I know for a fact, through His Word, that He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forget about you. Hebrews 13.5 For He has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. My presence will always go with you. In other words, Jesus Christ was saying, you are mine. You belong to me 
and I will never desert you. Whatever you go through, whatever it is, I will go through it with you. He's not saying we're not going to go through stuff. But he's saying, I will go through it with you and I will give you peace that you don't even understand. How many of you here go through some stuff that you had the peace, you wasn't really that worried about it, you didn't understand it, but you knew it was God walking with you. You knew it was God walking with you. You know, no matter how many good things have happened to you here on this earth, it is no comparison to what God has for us in heaven. There's no comparison. We've gone through, we've had some good things happen to us. But it's no comparison to what God has planned for us. Look what it says here in 1 Corinthians 2.9. He's given us a heads up, sort of, you might say. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear has heard, or nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those what? who love Him. Believe in Him. Trust in Him. Love Him. Walk with Him. Have faith in Him. Don't doubt Him. Because you have no idea what I've got planned for you. How great and how wonderful and how good it's going to be. We think sometimes here on earth, hey man, boy, I sure had a good day. Well, you'll never have a good day like you're going to have in heaven. Many people, many of our friends, our family, they're in heaven right now. And they are continually rejoicing every single day in the presence of God. All the good stuff is happening. It's, they're there right in the midst of the presence of God. You know, we have, like God told us, like Jesus told us here, or our God, either way you want to go at it. He says, I've got big plans for you. If you'll walk with me, trust in me, follow me. He says, I've really got some good stuff in store for you. Just like he told the disciples, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to be with me where I am. He's talking about the rapture. I like this here. He says that he's going to come again. Do y'all realize he's saying, hey, I'm not going to send anybody to get you and bring you to heaven. He said, I'm coming back to get you and take you personally into the presence of the Father. He's coming back personally to get his church and take us to be into the presence of God. He's not sending anybody to take us. He's coming back for us to take us. Now you talk about love. He is coming back to take us. Here in 1 Thessalonians, and I'm just about through, he said, here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 through 17, it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those who are buried right now, their bodies, their spirit, if they know the Lord Jesus Christ, is already with him. But he's coming back 
and those spirits of the people that we have buried are coming back with him. They're coming back with Jesus. He says, they are coming back. And when he comes back, he says, those who are buried will rise first. Those bodies will come up out of the ground. The spirits that came back with Jesus Christ will go back to that body. And it's going to be a different body. It's going to be what we call a glorified body. It's going to be a body just like Jesus had when he rose from the grave. And it says, all who remain shall be caught up. Those who have not died yet shall be caught up into the air, into the clouds, and meet Jesus in the air, and we shall be, be with him for all eternity. Now that's something to look forward to. That's not something to dread. We, as a bunch of Christian people, should be looking forward to this rapture taking place. It's taking us out of this mess into the very presence of God the Father forever and ever and ever. We will always be with God. You know, they said we need to keep our fears in check or under control. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 28, Do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. He said, fear, he said, do not fear those who, who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Better fear God. That's what he's saying. Don't fear man. All they can do is kill the body. They can't touch your spirit or your soul. But fear God because he has control over the body and the soul and the spirit. Make Him first in your life. Make Him number one. Make Him your first priority. The first thing in your life. You know, a lot of times when I, I'm, I told, told you I'm an early riser. A lot of times I get up early. I go into the living room or whatever and I'll, I'll sit there. I'll get my Bible. Or else I'll, sometimes I'll just sit there and pray. I pray for the church. And who, whatever individuals come to my mind, I pray for y'all. And then, I will pray for the entire church, for every one of you, whether you came to my mind that morning or not. Sometimes I feel like if some individual, something has, bam, kind of come to my mind, there's a special need. And I pray for you. I pray that God will be done in your life. That He will touch and meet the need that you have. He will take care of whatever it is you're going through. If it's major problems, He'll take care of them. He'll clear them out. But to each one of you, the church is prayed for. So what we ought to think about and believe in is fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's who you better fear. That's who you better make number one in your life. That's who you better put first in your life. You know, with all this in mind, think about what we should really fear and be afraid of. What should we really, really fear and be afraid of? I'm going to tell you. 
just right out bluntly, that's dying without knowing Jesus Christ. That ought to be your main fear, is dying and not knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because if you don't know Him, if you've never accepted Him, you've only got one destination. Nobody can change it. You are the only one that can change that destination. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe in Him in your heart, you're destined right now, you're headed for hell. That's what Jesus says. I'm not the one saying it. Jesus is saying it. He says, that's why I give you a choice. And you're the only one that can make it. Choose me as Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart that I died and I rose from the dead. Believe in your heart that I am the Son of God. I am who I say I am. And believe that in your heart and you will be saved. Like we said earlier, whoever shall call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. It don't make any difference, like I said, what you've done, where you've been, what you've said, how you've acted, your thoughts. Jesus will forgive them. Many people are struggling today with coming to Christ simply because they believe or think that He can't forgive them for everything they've done. Like I said before, God's grace is greater than any sin that you could ever commit. His love is stronger than anything that you've ever done. He's just waiting on you to say, Lord Jesus, I have sinned. Come into my heart. Forgive me. I want to receive your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and as my Savior. You do that, hey, you're going to go see one of those many rooms in heaven that Jesus has built for you. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And if you're here today, and if I've said some things that maybe you said, hey, you know, it kind of sounds like what I'm going through. It kind of sounds like me. We have an altar up here that you can come to. You can kneel before that altar and just say, Lord God, I have sins in my life. I have sinned. And I want you to forgive me. For I believe in your son Jesus Christ. I believe he came to this earth. He died for my sins. And I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. I want to serve him. Do that. You have a room in heaven. You have it. It's there. The sun's building it. You know, if you ever just thought about it, that room is going to be built, is going to be built by the greatest carpenter that there ever was. No mistakes, no bent nails in the wall. It's going to be perfect. And on top of that, Father's going to go in there and inspect that room before you get there. Make sure it's perfect for his children. So if you're here today and you feel like, Lord, I need to turn over a new leaf. I need to start over. There's an altar here. I'll be glad to pray with you. If you've got problems that you're going through or just need prayer, I'll be glad to pray for you. But please, don't leave here today if you have any doubt 
about having Jesus Christ in your life as Lord and Savior.